Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair's senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair's senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. We have a whole range of things to talk about this week, including some of the highlights from New York Fashion Week. We'll also discuss Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's debut of A Star is Born at the Toronto Film Festival. I happened to be there and wept heavily <laughs> through the movie. We're also going to discuss Blake Lively's new movie, A Simple Favor, which Josh went to the premiere of. I have no idea what this movie is about, so I'm very excited to get to that section. So many movie exclusive sneak previews in this episode. I know. And then also we will check in on a really urgent breaking royal story that Julie and I felt we had no choice but to really dig into. Yes. We'll we'll, we'll get into later. Thank you so much for all of the amazing calls. We're going to close the episode um, discussing some of those. But just to remind you all, that hotline number is 347-790-0966 if anyone has any sightings, kind of feedback well wishes we got some really great calls this week it was a lot of fun for us to go through them so we love it we love it okay <laughs> josh where's wow, what, what, what an emphatic uh anyway yeah so let's start with fashion week which we're in the midst of right now i can't say i feel like sometimes i've been i go to some of the shows this year i went to the for the first time i think this award show has been going on for like six or seven years now but it was my first time there and it's called the da- it's like the daily front row puts it on and it's the fashion media awards um so they it was kind of an interesting award show which i didn't even realize they kind of had this sort of show it's not televised but it's like in a hotel or a suite at the hyatt hotel in midtown but they give out awards for you know cover of the year model male model of the year female model of the year breakthrough model of the year um and it's kind of pretty star-studded in a way. I wasn't expecting either because every award, they would have someone come in to present it. Um, so, for example, Ashley Graham won like Fashion Force of the Year and Amy Schumer came in to present to her. And it was kind of interesting because when like Amy Schumer arrived, she arrived. It's not like the Oscars in the sense that like <laughs> in many ways, but Amy Schumer comes in just to present and then left. Like she doesn't stay for the awards. But I kind of love that no BS strategy. With yeah, this. it's like you come in, do your thing, head out. It's sort of like when Beyonce goes to an awards show these days and will only come for her performance and then leave or, you know, that kind of vibe. Right. But the host of the show is Darren Chris. who is nominated for an Emmy for his role in the Versace, you know, Ryan Murphy show. I talked to him briefly before he went on. He was seemed a little nervous and we talked about the Emmys a bit. And then I sort of asked him about like if he's into fashion and we talked about how he, I guess, I mean, he's like making self-deprecating jokes about being the host, but um, he said he's really into like the resurgence of 90s trends, like white socks and fanny packs and that sort of stuff. Never did I think I'd be talking to Darren Chris of Glee about white socks and fanny packs, but this is where my career has taken me. What an unexpected turn in that story. I love it. And Julie, actually, this is a little tease of later. He had some interesting banter. He kind of would, because, you know, 
a key part of a host role at an award show is introducing the presenters. And Priyanka Chopra was there because she was presenting to, oh, male model of the year to her a Quantico co-star of hers, John... Gosh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce his last name correctly, but he's a beautiful male model. Shout out to John, wherever you are. <laughs> it starts with a K. He's very nice. I talked to him briefly. Darren Chris had a running bit about how he gets mistaken for looking like a Jonas brother, which do you see that? I kind of do, but I felt like it was a little weird how he was pushing it so hard. Yikes. He's like, I, <laughs> oh, everyone knows me, the fourth Jonas. Like, does Darren Chris look that much like a Jonas? So then he couldn't help. He'd, so he'd already set up that as like a running construct. And then Priyanka, who's engaged to Nick Jonas, came up to present. And he, Darren, kind of made a joke like, you know, and thank you so much, Priyanka, for accepting my marriage proposal. Oh, my goodness. Did people laugh at this? No, but Priyanka, Priyanka looked, I couldn't really see her facial expression, but it, it sounded as if she was giving a good natured sort of laughing response. Like, you know, she's a pro. Right. Well, poor, poor Darren Chris. I'm sure that was scripted for him. And once yeah. he started out, I feel like that was the kind of running joke. Once you did it two times, like you had to commit. You had to commit. And I feel like maybe even the joke was introduced because he knew Priyanka was coming. So he kind of knew he was going to get a good little bit out of it. There was also, who else was good that was there? Martha Stewart sitting in the front row. So Amy Schumer came to do her drop-in sort of presentation. That was wild because she started by saying... She also wasn't on the tip sheet or build or anything. Like, there were a lot of celebrities that you knew were coming. She wasn't one of them. I love that. So it's kind of a surprise. Yeah. And then she said, oh, like, well, I don't know. They're not showing my speech on the teleprompter. So she kind of just had to wing it. Because I guess she had sent it in advance to be put up into the screen. So she kind of did like a freewheeling sort of riff on, like, she talked about the pasta she'd eaten the night before and then she kind of like shouted out two people in the front row. She was like, what are you two whispering about? She's like, they're probably the most important people here. Like the creepiest ones always are. Um, she like, sh she said hi to Martha. She was like, hey, Martha. And just like kind of waved in the front to her in the front row. It was just kind of like, a, it was hilarious. Like people were really dying with laughter. Like it was very funny. But it was just completely unscripted. She was like, Ashley, I know you've been on some magazine covers. I don't really know. I love you on Instagram and you and your boy husband. You know, like she was just kind of like doing like funny riffing. That's so good. If you and I were like Oscar producers, we would just never actually show the speech. It made me realize that when you pull the, the teleprompter speech, you don't know. She, oh, she also did a little um break to discuss politics and make sure everyone was registered to vote. So she kind of brought current issues into it. It was great. And then Nicki Minaj showed up to present to Winnie Harlow for a breakthrough model of the year. And she came in with the whole entourage. And then she read her speech off her phone. So she avoided the, the, the issues that Amy Schumer ran into because she had her speech in her hand. I kind of love all of this. Was this before or after the shoe incident? Before, the day before the shoe incident. The Cardi B I know, fight. Which, which is, well, some of you guys tweeted us about that. That was definitely a big pop culture, you know, situation. But yeah, no, she didn't reference that because it hadn't happened yet. 
And then my favorite sighting by far was because then she also left like Amy Schumer style right after she presented to Winnie. And then I thought that meant she had booked it. But when we all filed out, you know, half an hour later when the ceremony was finished, she was out there and I saw her making small talk with Martha Stewart. Nikki, and I would wait, love to know. Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj and Martha Stewart. It was one of my favorite and we've had a we've had a bunch in our day, Julie. It was one of my favorite unexpected celebrity conversations to witness. Did they look engrossed? What was Yeah, I know they looked Nikki was sort of whispering something in her ear. It looked very, you know, they were they were loving their moment. And then some photographers took some photos. So I'm sure they're on Getty or somewhere. And Martha seemed delighted to be chatting with Nikki. Oh, and then I forgot, because like, I had thought on my way there that the main event was going to potentially be a Justin Bieber sighting because Haley Baldwin was, I think, female model of the year or media personality of the year, I think it was. So she was also going to be there in attendance. And Bieber and her had been at a show together earlier that day. So I was hoping maybe as like, you know, an emotional support, you know, giving your fiance some love, you would come and watch her get the award. But he didn't come. But she sat front row and she gave a speech and she started by saying, like, I'm so awkward. Like, I, I feel like this is going to be so awkward. And I, and she was totally fine. She did a good job. Forget the Emmys. This sounds like the wildest award show. Like, this is the only award show I want to watch ever. They pull your... Oh, Paris, <laughs> Paris Jackson kind of went off script. She she decided to make her speech a little bit political and reference Amy Schumer. I know I was really like the fact that this wasn't televised. I was like this would get you know box office <laughs> right. you know, rate blockbuster ratings. I know my tagline would be the wildest award show you've never heard of. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It felt I was shocked at how oh Ashley Simpson came in la- late like i feel like they almost were holding because Gigi hadid was also there I, like god there was so much that happened here so Gigi hadid came in just to present her award she left after presenting and then i thought maybe they're waiting for her but then it was it was running late like we were probably at half an hour late to start and then <laughs> which the golden globes aren't doing anytime soon and then the I'm kind of like, what's happening? What's happening? Who's coming in? Because everyone's like looking to the back and there's like two empty seats in the front row and we all look and it's Ashley Simpson and Evan Ross and they're getting like escorted into the front row. Okay, so what was Martha Stewart even doing there? Was she presenting? Yeah, yeah, to the W Magazine editor for Lifetime. Because I would have just loved if she was just coming to hang out. Josh, this is outrageous. Thank you for sharing. There was a lot. Anyway, that's, that's the account of my fashion and then there was an after party there was a lot it was it was quite a night i feel like that was my while i was kind of trying to you know keep up with martha and nikki julie was equally glamorous at the stars born premiere which i'm so excited to hear about in toronto for the film festival yes not quite as glamorous there's a weird thing about the toronto film festival i don't know if it's just because it's in canada but there's a real sliding scale of what kind of attire is allowed into these premieres interesting so you'll see a lot of tennis shoes a lot of jeans jean jackets it's all over the place 
I'm not sure how I feel about that taking place in the presence of Lady Gaga. Well, especially because within probably 36 hours worth of press, Lady Gaga had about 120 outfit changes. Yeah, that's like, I feel as though if you're going to the Star is Born premiere with Lady Gaga, like you might want to switch out the tennis shoes. Right. Um, So just to preface this, I wasn't I had heard all the hype and I was very cynical very skeptical I know that's very unlike my usual demeanor but I wasn't buying it um I sat down for this premiere and my glasses fogged up I was weeping towards the end of it I was so moved And it's even more surprising I was this moved by a movie considering that at one point there's a scene where Bradley Cooper like is swimming in rehab and he has a half man bun. In spite of that, the movie is so powerful. It's so amazing. Josh, I can't wait for you to see it. Can I? uh, I'm so excited to see it. Can I ask what your take is without spoiling anything, I guess, on Lady Gaga's acting abilities, her performance? Was it... I mean, I feel like people are very curious how she is going to be in this role. Right. For those unfamiliar with the story, it's been remade a number of times before. Lady Gaga plays Allie. Uh, She is just this aspiring singer um, who, when we meet her, she's singing La Vie en Rose in a drag bar. Amazing. Bradley Cooper plays this world-renowned musician, Jackson Maine, who has a crazy addiction issue. He wanders into the drag bar because he's just desperate for alcohol. And he, oh, God. I know. And so he happens upon Lady Gaga singing. There's this whole extended sequence in the beginning at the drag bar with a few... Um, drag queens that's incredible and so funny oh really and i i don't know why i wasn't expect because i knew it was a tragic movie so i wasn't expecting so much humor like humor to be mixed in yeah yes um bradley cooper is incredible the opening sequence is him performing on stage he does this crazy thing where he shoots everything from behind while on stage So you can see the full audience, and I think we've discussed it before, but they actually went on stage during real concerts to perform. So he only had, I think, like eight minutes to film that opening sequence, which meant that his preparation to be this musician was very, very good. Like, he was able to pull it off. Anyway, Lady Gaga is incredible, and I almost think of the two, she has the better Oscar chances. And I do feel as if... I think it's partly the uh, like the celebrity fashion, you know, pizzazz she brings to the table. I just feel like people are so excited about her being in this movie. Like, what, I don't know. I just if there's so much buzz. She's so stripped down. She like yeah. has no makeup. She has her normal the trailer. Yeah, normal hair color. This is unlike any iteration of her version of her you've seen before. And Bradley Cooper's amazing. Sam Elliott plays his mm. older brother, and he's kind of doing the Sam Elliott voice throughout the entire thing i'm so excited you have to interview sam elliott at some point i feel like that's meant to happen but it works i know my only thing that graded on me and i feel like could almost undermine their oscar chances is that i was both at the press conference and then at this premiere where they did the q a and they kind of kept 
giving the same lines about how much they loved each other back and forth. Like Lady Gaga kept saying, you know, she had initially wanted to be an actress before turning to music. And she keeps saying this line about, you know, 99 people in a room don't have to believe in you. It's just the one who does. And that one is Bradley. And they go on and on about how how much they love each other. Maybe I'm just being like a Grinch or something. Actually, you brought it up before I even was was about to ask because I feel like the press tour... I've been surprised at how demonstrative they both are in their affection for one another. And just like there was, I I saw some gif on Twitter of like, she wore that veil. Was that the premiere you were at? Or like, and then like he like undid the, I don't know, it's all very dramatic. And, and they seem so connected, which I guess is like a normal ish in this like weird world of Hollywood and actors and stuff. But it's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. And they have, they definitely have a few lines that they trot out um, when mm-hmm. people ask about their collaboration. But during the press conference, it was almost like we were watching a couple. I don't, we were watching something. We like at a, right. They kept like yeah. touching each other. They had like very intense eye contact. Also, if I hear again, that story about, I, I mean, the movie hasn't even come out yet. So it's probably not great that I already feel this way about how she like wiped the make. He wiped the makeup off her face right. during the first audition. Like I feel there's a few anecdotes that just keep getting repeated. Right. And you know, buckle up. Cause we have five more months of this until Oscar. So I feel like it's going to get a little, little old the most unexpected um details of the movie i just wanted to share bradley cooper gives his dog charlie a pretty sizable part in the movie his actual dog actual a gorgeous dog a brown chocolate color wait that's an amazing detail right it must be some sort of like labradoodle it's an adorable dog essentially Allie and jackson fall in love they like set up a house together and they get a dog Charlie, who goes by Charlie in the movie. Um, Dave, wow, wait, that's amazing. I didn't realize Dave Chappelle has a part. Is it? What does he, he play? He plays one of Jackson's older, you know, friends. Um, and Bradley is all about kind of just keeping production. I don't know, giving like people in the crew and people he knows little parts. So he actually gave Dave Chappelle's daughter a part in there as well. What a family affair. What a family affair. And then the other thing that I loved was that the Q&A after A Star is Born uh, premiered to one standing ovation. And then at one point, Bradley said something about Lady Gaga during the Q&A. And the entire theater stood up to give her another standing ovation. Like, that's how good she was. So people were just, like, all in on her performance, the movie. Because I feel like all the, like, everyone seems to have loved it. I haven't heard anyone from Toronto who was sort of even, like, negative. No, but I did love that Sam Elliott said that his daughter was a huge Lady Gaga fan. And every time she sang on set during the movie, he cried. And if he is this incredible actor with this deep voice, he sounds like a cowboy. He's like the, I don't know, least likely actor you would think. Are the songs good? Like, could you imagine listening to them again if you were going on a jog or? Someone asked me this. I I would pay for a few of the singles. I wouldn't buy the whole album. Oh, but that's good. That's in good. In this day and age. Yeah. Bradley actually co-wrote the opening num- song which i would download it's called black eyes it's good Julie, did you ever see like god we are finding ourselves in so many places we never thought we would 
<laughs> right? Okay, simple favor. This is the new Blake Lively movie. All I know about it is that she wears fabulous clothing. Yeah, so I think the biggest, like most people who are aware of this movie are either aware of the kind of marketing campaign, which is pretty, for a movie like this, I think more intense than most. Like Blake deleted her Instagram in, in, to, to try to promote this movie because this is like a while ago. I don't know if everyone remembers, but it was like in March or April or something. And then she deleted all her photos and then started like doing a campaign. Like what happened to Emily, her character? She has been wearing lots of like menswear inspired like suits and pantsuits and kind of very colorful looks, which has all been trying to promote this movie, which is, I had no idea what to expect. I think because of sort of the trailers, which are a little bit enigmatic, like it's hard to tell if it's, campy or a thriller or like a comedy it's also directed by um paul feig is it feig feig gosh am i i need like a pronunciation coach if you want to like come be my intern and like write out phonetics for me anyway so basically and he did like bridesmaids and spy and like all these super funny studio comedies so i was also expecting like i don't know i just didn't know what to expect it's bonkers like i don't want to give away too much but Anna Kendrick plays this like perky kind of type A mom vlogger. So she kind of makes these little vlogs about, you know, here's the best recipe for, you know, di- a quick dinner. Here's what to do if your kid skins his knee. And all the other moms at the school are kind of like skeptical of her. And then Blake plays this like enigmatic, beautiful, mysterious, weird, kind of like um, very like vulgar and crass uh alcoholic sort of kind of not alcoholic but just like loves her gin martinis um and all the other moms are like who is this woman and she's the head of pr at like a fashion label and works in the city and like no one has the handle on this girl on this like woman um and then she kind of befriends anna kendrick's character when their sons become friends basically the movie is crazy Rupert Friend, as some of you guys may know from Homeland, plays like a Tom Ford-esque designer. He plays Blake's boss, like, and he plays like super flamboyant, campy. He's like very funny and like really gets into it. Jean Smart has an incredible cameo. Um, she plays a lot. Like, I mean, it's just, it's. I don't want to give too much away, but it's. It takes some dark, demented, twisted turns. As you know from the trailer, the whole thing hinges on that Blake's character disappears and you can't, like, everyone's trying to figure out where she is and Anna Kendrick leads the investigation. But once you start uncovering what's going on, it gets weirder and weirder. Um, Blake's outfits are incredible. The movie involves her, like, at one point taking off, like, you know, that kind of, like a dickie or whatever you call it, that thing that's sort of like underneath the suit. She kind of takes that off mid conversation with Anna and just whips it off. She also, at one point, like takes a gin, a glass of gin, and just pours it on the floor. She's just like wild antics. There's like a giant painting of her character nude. That's like a major plot point. It's like a very weird movie. It's great. It's a lot of fun. And I would say I was not bored once. It's like a rollicking ride. I had no idea how it was going to turn out. And the, the ending surprised me. I will tell you that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I wish I could say. And Blake's clothing is amazing during the whole movie. Um, Blake and Anna, they've talked about this. So I can spoil this. They share a kiss in one scene. 
if that's something that you've been excited to see. Anyway, so simple favor, check it out. And I, the best sighting, I'm trying to think of what was interesting about the premiere. Gilbert Gottfried was there, which was very unexpected. Is he no part in the film? <laughs> nope. No idea what his connection is. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Chabon or whatever, Kim Kardashian's best friend. I see him at a lot of these sort of events. Kelly Rutherford, who plays Blake's mom on Gossip Girl. So that was sweet. Martha. Martha and I have been on the same social calendar recently. Martha Stewart in attendance. She seemed to be having a great time. Uh, Michael Avenatti, uh, which was unexpected. <laughs> and was he, What was he doing? Well, I, didn't, I, I only saw him at the after party talking to a woman. I didn't know who she was. Um, and then I saw on page six today that he was at the movie left in the middle to do a TV appearance and then came to the after party. So he kind of started there, left mid movie, came back. This might be your best recap segment of all time. I love that you cut through the BS. You get to exactly what we want to know. Anna Kendrick was there. I didn't see her much. Uh, Henry Golding, I would say off the kind of success of Crazy Rich Asians, seems to be a very hot commodity. He has a gorgeous wife who was sitting with him. Lots of people going up for selfies to say hello. Um, he, I talked to him briefly. He was very, very friendly and courteous. He said he was really great. Blake brought Ryan Reynolds, um, and they sat together to watch the movie together. It was great. Really fun night. All right, now let's listen to some of our calls that we received this week. A whole array, all of you guys um, who called in had such interesting comments and questions. We're really excited to dig into these. So let's start with our first call. Hi, this is Helen from London. Love the podcast. Um, Just thought I'd give you a call and wanted to talk about your story with Harry maybe going to Starbucks. So a little bit of intel. I live a couple of miles from Kensington and about 10 years ago did some work experience in Marks and Spencers in Kensington, which is like a really a sort of mini department store with clothes and food and stuff. And the ladies that work there were telling me how Princess Diana used to come into that store all the time, sometimes by herself, looking at clothes, looking at food, sometimes with the boys when they were younger. And because we're so very British, nobody would ever say anything and you know it's quite a smart area and people were sort of used to them walking around and so I think there's a precedent for Harry to go to Starbucks and buy buy some coffees for his team maybe not like every week but now and then I can totally see it happening Um, and here's another bit of trivia that would just be crazy a few years back there was a um, a story that was then confirmed with sightings of Brooklyn Beckham working in the Starbucks in Kensington because it's not a million miles it's about a mile from where the Beckhams live in Holland Park all super close by so imagine imagine if now Romeo or one of the other Beckham kids are working in that Starbucks and Harry and Meghan come in to order their coffees I just can't even imagine. I'm going to go and hang out there. I will let you know if I have any sightings and also in the park with uh, of Megan with a dog or any of them because they're not too far away. Anyway, that's just my little story. Um, love the podcast. Love you guys. Um, take care from London. No bad energy. 
This is an amazing. There's so much to hear to unpack. First of all, Helen, we want you to be like our ongoing London correspondent. I feel like we need. It sounds like your intel is great. This is the classiest thing that's happened on our podcast. Like someone who's actually on the ground in London with this real historical intel too, with this Princess Diana information, which was very interesting. And I do feel like Julie, this is like kind of an interesting difference it sounds like between the u.s and the uk which is this is why this is also so helpful because there's no way if megan and harry went to a starbucks in the u.s that anyone would be cool about it absolutely not like people would be so disgustingly in their face and like intrusive so i do think it's interesting that it sort of sounds like culturally it's just like a different vibe there. I know. Maybe Londoners are just, they play it more cool than we do. Also, Helen, I feel like you're totally our speed with the like, imagining like the Beckhams interacting with Harry and Meghan and like running with that scenario. Because I feel like that's what Julie and I would do. I would love the idea that maybe Brooklyn, like Harry would go to the one knowing one of the Brooklyn, uh, one of the Beckham kids was there, you know? Right. I mean, we would. We absolutely would. Yeah, like maybe maybe David had like texted him at some point. Like if you're ever in the ta- in town, Romeo's now working at Starbucks near your pad. So Julie, does this make you think any differently about the possibility that he goes to Starbucks? I think Helen just lent that story even more credibility. Helen, please call back with more information, more intel. I mean, there's a little gossip item from three years ago about. All right. Well, Helen, this, that was amazing. Let's go on to our next call. Hi, Josh and Julie. This is a fan from Toronto. Um, I actually was calling because of the Hills reboot. So I don't know if you guys were ever fans of the TV show The Hills, but um, it's coming back after many years. And I just thought I would ask if you guys cared at all or would be watching The Hills or if you had watched The Hills um, back when it aired. I used to love Lauren Conrad, and I feel like she's, kind of a person that in the limelight pod would like. Um, Apparently, she said something along the lines of, unlike her co-stars, she doesn't need the money, so she's not coming back to the hills, and she's in a great place right now and not interested in reliving the past. And all of the other girls, like Whitney, Port, and Audrina Patridge, and Heidi are all coming back for the hills. So... I just thought I would throw out a little new subject matter in there and get your opinion on if you're a health fan or if you'll be watching. Thanks, guys. Bye. Love this one. Love a new subject being brought into the mix. I guess we don't know the name of this person, just a fan from Toronto, which I kind of love, too. A little bit of mystery. I feel like Lauren Conrad is kind of an in the limelight person. I've interviewed her once. Have you ever interacted with her? I have never spoken to her. What was she like when you talked to her? Uh, She was lovely. She had her new Kohl's fashion line coming out. I obviously was so excited to talk to her about the hills and kind of going back in time. And, you know, maybe this was a little bit of foreshadowing to the fact that she's not interested in doing this 10 years later reunion with the rest of the cast. But she didn't seem super thrilled to be rehashing uh the hills uh i kind of asked her there's a famous gif of like mascara falling down her face like the black tear and she kind of just laughed and said she hadn't really you know she she didn't she didn't want to like really engage with the hills question interesting she's graduated and she's she's beyond it um i'm actually in the office the la office with lisa love was she on the hills or was that the city which is that she was like an integral character on the hills lisa love was like often featured because she was there whitney and um 
Lauren's boss. Does she like to talk about the hills? I've never asked her about the hills, actually. But I walk past um, because all the Condé Nast magazines are on the same floor. So I walk past the little Teen Vogue vestibule where I believe Lauren Conrad sat all the time. It's kind of a popular photo op when people come into the office. Yeah, I'm sure. I want a photo in front of it. I know. I've, I've never spoken to Lisa about, about that, but she does very much wear the sunglasses inside, has that same persona, is a lot mm-hmm. funnier, I think, than she was shown as being on the TV show. But that's my only real-life connection. Josh, are you going to be watching the reboot? I definitely will check out the first episode or two. I do feel like without Lauren and Kristen, who really brought a lot of panache, I'll say, to to the festivities, (laughs) I'm not sure exactly what... I'm confused. Also, it's not like checking in on a friend group. It's my understanding that's like this isn't all like a group of pals. So I feel like in order to make it work, they're going to have to kind of contrive scenarios for them to interact with each other which feels a little weird so wait kristen isn't on it either because she yeah she is kristen has her own reality show and lauren's doing her thing so it's kind of just i feel like without those two it feels a little bit i don't know how that's gonna play we'd love to hear what people think if people are interested but we'll definitely watch the first episode right all right let's go on to the next call hi my name is janara and i have been an avid listener to you guys' podcast ever since the first episode and I started listening because of your episodes and segments about Meghan Markle. One thing that I do love, I love your guys' banter and everything that you guys do. One thing I, I wonder if you guys heard about is that she was recently spotted in front of Kensington Palace walking her new dog. There's a picture to um, show it. I'm not sure if it's her. In my heart, I believe it's her. But I just want to know you guys' feedback feedback of what you thought of there or anything. It's on Lisa Petrillo's Twitter page and recently on Stu Megan Marco um, fan accounts. Um, keep up the good work. Bye. This is an amazing one. Love her. Janara, thank you so much for this call. This is great. Um, we actually wanted to talk about this and you were reading our minds essentially. This is perfect. So just to recap really quickly, Janara did a great job of basically explaining it, but this entertainment reporter named Lisa Petrillo posted a photo on Twitter. She says, So incredibly enough, walking by Kensington Palace, we spotted this beautiful woman with a familiar air outside the entrance to the private residence where Harry and Meghan live. Meghan? Her dog was doing his business. She couldn't have been sweeter. And then this photo is... It looks, as Julie said, like she's on Alias or something. Like This woman is wearing all black, black ball cap, some sort of like black... Um, like black sh- flats or shoes, maybe a backpack. It's kind of hard to tell. Or a puffer jacket. She looks like she is definitely in Mission Impossible as some sort of like covert op agent who goes in and like busts a bad guy. But she's right outside the gate. Like it has to be her. And TMZ has updated their post to say that a source at the palace has, has said that the photo posted by the reporter is not Megan and it's not her dog either. I don't believe that. It just, this has to be Megan to me. A few things, though, make me unsure. One is, 
I could totally see her being like, I'm going to walk someone else's dog because, like, I feel like that's just her. She would like, th- like, she'd go up to some random chef and be like, I'll take the dog out, you know? And I think the idea that we talked about earlier that the British are a little less invasive and, like, you know, maybe they feel like it's okay for her to go out. People would basically leave her alone. I feel like you do see Kate out now and then. The pants and the outfit are throwing me off a little. I'm just not sure I totally believe Megan would come out in this like kind of insane alias getup. Right. That is such a good call. That's the only element that makes me a little bit skeptical. But a bunch of people replied to Lisa on Twitter, essentially saying they didn't believe this was Megan. And Lisa responded, I'm here on vacation, not working, spotted her, as did many of us. We were thrilled. Don't care if you don't believe. Sorry, you're so negative. It was just a sweet moment I shared. More important things to worry about. Wow. But people are really getting on her. Someone asks, have you checked the weather conditions, Lisa? It's not that cold in London to wear padded jackets. We are still wearing t-shirts. When did Duchess Meghan adopt a terrier? Be a transparent journalist. And Lisa Lisa keeps it up. She says, I'm still in shock. I pet her dog. Lisa definitely. Well, because the only thing that makes me feel there's because other one of the royal reporters I follow who's very reliable. He tweeted yesterday saying he used to be like the Yes Weekly royal correspondent. And he's saying that his palace sources all say it's not her. So there are the palace is definitely acting as if it's not, which is making me feel crazy about this whole thing because it like kind of has to be her. I right, think. but I don't buy the palace's denial. I think if anything, maybe they weren't into her being this duchess being spotted with a dog mid bathroom break. Okay, but also don't, don't you feel like Lisa's a journalist? She works for CBS Miami, and Lisa says she talked to Megan and she pet the dog and she pet the dog. So it's kind of wild. Like, this isn't, I mean, it is essentially sort of just a random Twitter user, but this is like a slightly more, like, you would assume an entertainment journalist would just wildly go rogue here and make something up. Right. And Lisa's sticking with her story, right? Right. She's sticking with the story. I mean, she says that other people were walking by, so I guess what we need is someone else, one of those passersby, to call in and give us some sort of authentication. Should we talk about the dog's book? Tell me about Guy. I am excited to talk about it. Meghan Markle's dog Guy is getting his own book. It's going to be called His Royal Dogness, Guy the Beagle, The Remarkable True Story of Meghan Markle's Rescue Dog. From learning to go to the bathroom on the other side of the fire hydrant to accidentally eating half of Prince Charles's Cornish Yarg sandwich, the book shares humorous adventures of the royal family's new four-legged member. Although it's not the first book written about royal pets, Prince William and Kate Middleton's dog Lupo has his own series, and the Queen's Corgis have been featured in children's books, this is the first time a royal rescue dog has taken center stage. When I visited Kensington Palace, there was a surprising number of books devoted to the royal family in the gift shop. So I assume this is going to be another gift shop edition, right, Josh? I mean, I, I, at this point, I can't really say I'm that surprised to hear that they are, you know, trying to cash in in this way. I'm a little surprised, though. The Rags of Riches story. I feel like it's a controversial topic because of Bogart. I know. <laughs> I feel like 
And I feel like that's, I wonder how that will be handled. Like, are they going to reference the fact that they talk about Guy's rags to riches story, but are they going to then reference the fact that Bogart got left behind in comparison? Or a sweet touch would be, I guess, if they dedicated the book to Bogart. But you know that Bogart's going to go all Samantha Markle and start talking to the Daily Mail and TMZ. Oh my God. I mean, I kind of just love, Megan's dogs have gotten so much attention in a way that like, I don't know. I just, I kind of feel it like, it's like it shows how crazy the whole Megan mania is, I guess is where I'm going with this. Like the fact that her dog now has a book like deal, essentially. The remarkable true story. I know, I can't believe I read those words with such sincerity. <laughs> it's royal dogness. Julie, we how, you know what my other takeaway is? How did we not have this idea and option this book like a year ago? I guess we could still put together some sort of play. What will we do? We'll from do the, um, perspective. Je- the story. We'll do the story from the perspective of the ripped jeans. The ripped jeans, <laughs> like the- or else Bogart. If you're listening, we will write your unauthorized. Oh my biography. god! Yeah, like what's some um, Grendel and Beowulf? Like when they do the other side of things. Like we're gonna show. We're gonna do the actual, like really dark, depressing story of Bogart being trapped in Canada in some attic somewhere, while Guy is out with the Queen and going around town, and you know. That's going to be what we... We're going to get to the publishers next week. Right. A riches to rag story. <laughs> <laughs> Bogart's locked away somewhere with the ripped jeans, probably. That's all he has to remember Megan. It's like everything for Megan's old life discarded in some closet. Amazing. <laughs> but if anyone has any more intel on Megan's dogs or Bogart, we're always, always looking for that Bogart source. Yeah, please let us know. And then one other fun tip we got from a friend of the podcast. I'm not sure if she wants to be identified by name, so I'm going to leave it out for now. Uh, but it's a really good tip. She emailed me Lindsay Shukas, who, if in case you aren't aware, is Ben Affleck's ex. They dated for about a year. She works at SNL. Uh, Lindsay Shukas spotted at the U.S. Open yesterday white jeans, dark khaki jacket, sneakers, and dark sunglasses hustling after the Serena and Naomi's match ended seemed concerned she was going to be spotted at least that's how she framed it to her affectionate date who held hands tightly with her as they rushed out a side entrance do you promise this isn't Lindsay Shook is calling this in <laughs> it is not it is not wow so both she and Ben have rebounded pretty quickly I was curious how that's she's what I doing thought was interesting Ben's already moved on obviously to Shauna Sexton playmate 22 year old they seem to have kept it going post his rehab stay meanwhile it sounds like Lindsay's finding love at the tennis uh court and isn't that what we all want just to find, find love at the tennis court um, I'm happy for her. Uh, I'm happy for her too. This is a uplifting, beautiful item. <laughs> you All could right. not have well, said that <laughs> with less enthusiasm. Uh, I'm really just. I'm really. Ex- I'm really excited for her. Okay, on that note of joy and positivity, I think that ends this week's episode of In the Limelight. Yes, um, if you have any tips, feedback, um, inspirational messages, you can reach out to us and leave us a voicemail at 347-790-0966. Also, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight to further discuss these subjects. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. Uh, We're also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Danielle Roth. 
Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, no, no bad, bad energy. energy. Woo.